ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Mega Man Radio, live. This is your host, Shannon Davis, and this is the hottest place to be, late night on Internet Radio. Was that last show not the most awesome thing we've heard in a long time? Praise God for Pastor David Ells. If you did not get to catch that show in its entirety, go to the archives tonight, download this MP3, and send it out to all your friends. My God, that was awesome. You know, tonight is a double feature night. Here in just a few moments, we're going to have special guest, Pastor Vincent Xavier of New Wine Ministry. That's newwineministry.net. We're going to be talking about uh, a nation of refugees, the Arkansas Project, some stuff that uh, God has put on the heart of Pastor Xavier. And uh, this is a show that you're not going to want to miss. I hope you got your uh, cappuccino there. Now, I didn't have my cappuccino tonight, but I had the next best thing, the Omega Man coffee. So I'm fueled up and ready to go. We're going to bring him on right after this song. I want to know. We might play it again later. Hey, welcome to the Omega Man radio show. I'm your host, Shannon Davis. Here in just a moment, we're going to have Pastor Vincent Xavier on the line. And uh, we're going to open up the lines in the second portion of this show. If you'd like to call in, you have a question for Pastor Xavier. The call-in number for tonight will be area code 917-889-2745. So without further ado, let's go to the phone lines. Stand by. Pastor Xavier, are you on the show with us tonight? Shannon, I am. Omega Man, God bless you, and thank you for having me on the air with you this evening. Praise God, brother. Uh, What I always like to do is start out the show uh, with prayer. So would you be so kind to have prayer for those listening live, and we'll be tuning in also in the archive? Absolutely. Well, Father, we just thank you, and we give you praise, because we know, Father God, that you are speaking through the voice of many waters in the earth. We thank you for the clarion call, the blowing of your shofar all over the earth. And, Father, we are sensing and we are experiencing the reverberation of that trumpet blast, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken, Father, but you have granted your people to build their lives upon an immovable, unshakable kingdom, the Word of God. We thank you so much that you will lead us tonight, the Holy Spirit of truth will guide us and be with us, and that you will bless every single heart that is hungering and thirsting for righteousness and truth. And, Lord, thank you that you have a buffet tonight and you're going to feed your people 
In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, brother. Uh, Pastor Xavier, go ahead and give out to the listeners right now uh, your website where they can go over and uh, get information on the ministry and uh, how they can get in contact with you, if you would. Sure. It is newwineministry.net. That's N-E-W-W-I-N-E-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y.net. Newwineministry.net. Praise God. Uh, Brother Xavier, what is New New Wine Ministries and uh, what is its mission? Well, its ultimate purpose, I believe, in its foundation was to provide for the people of God out of the book of Joel chapter 3 some new wine. It was time to uh, get away from stale tradition and uh, just repetition of religion and to move out into the deeper things of God to ascend new mountains and to recognize what time it is. We're living in a prophetic day, the prophetic third day of Jesus Christ, the prophetic seventh day of God Almighty, and to bring the knowledge of the scriptures concerning this particular time, a shift from the church age to the kingdom age, and that little area right in between, known as the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. And it's our desire, and God has put it in our heart, to prepare God's people spiritually, solically, and physically for the times that we're living in. Brother, many are calling this the final chapter of history. Uh, What would you have to say about that? I'd have to agree. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, I, I tell you, if this generation does not understand or at least sense the potential and the possibility that we are, if nothing else, definitely a qualified generation, we are candidates to receive the final prophecies. The final word of God was written in the book of Revelation. And that was not written from Jesus in his earth life. That was written from the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory. The prophecy, because four times the book of Revelation calls that revelation a prophecy. And that book needs to be understood as such. And it was the final word of God through Jesus Christ in his resurrected glory in that timeless place. 2,000 years on this Kronos timeline could be two days in the kingdom of God. There just is no time where he wrote that from, that timeless, eternal place. He is a prophetic word that will be fulfilled in a generation. For 2,000 years, the church has been responsible to search out the matter, to study the book of Revelation and incorporate it with all the other scriptures, to be watching, to be sober, to keep their lamps burning. We were never called to relax and recline. We should be watchful, and every generation has an opportunity through the different events and signs of their times, to consider whether or not they were the generation to whom the prophecy would be fulfilled. Well, our generation is so unique. It is so unique in that in the last 50 years or so, through the modern technology, there has never been the potential to globalize the world, to fulfill prophecies in a global sense as this generation. We must be awake. We must be alert to what time it is right now. And it's our job to blow the trumpet, show the word of God, point the people to the signs of the times, and say, hey, does one and one measure up, in this case, to two? And that's what we're doing. Right on, brother. I, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, we are the generation that is part of the end of this age and that we'll see the uh, last days leading up to the return of Christ. Um, what is coming for America, brother? And when I called and uh, you honored me by coming on the program, um, 
I basically said what I want to do is just have you pray and meditate and come on and take the mic and share what the Lord is uh, putting on your heart right now. So let me go ahead and give that mic to you, brother. Well, Shannon, thank you, and, and truly and sincerely, it is more of an honor that you have allowed me to come on your radio broadcast. I think you're doing an outstanding job. And uh, let's just get right into it and share the things that, you know, I believe that I know in my spirit, and uh, we're, we're learning a lot. I believe that the, the mantle of God's children is maturing. I believe that all of our supposed failures and mistakes, you turn failure inside out and you have success. And I really believe that God is just growing up a people, his sons and daughters in this hour, and he's maturing the mantle so that a pure, unadulterated, crystal clear message will go forth to this earth, specifically to the body of Christ. And what I know and believe in my heart that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me is that we are at this moment, we are a people walking upon the earth and there is a ticking time bomb beneath our feet. I believe that we are listening to so many different voices and so many different predictions and prognostications. And while they're all uh, relative, while they're all important, we must be on high alert, not when Fox News or CNN tells us we are walking over a minefield. And that minefield is loaded with underground possibilities for major destruction. And the United States of America... We truly are, in this nation, walking upon a ticking time bomb. I was back in 2004, driving up in my car from San Diego to Temecula, California, and I was enjoying one of the most beautiful times with the Lord in praise and worship and just a beautiful spirit, and was not thinking about anything. It happened to be my birthday. My wife was planning a wonderful day for me, and I was just enjoying what I was doing. And then suddenly, in that journey... I saw in an open vision somewhere between 7 and 15 nuclear or dirty bomb detonations take place in 7 to 15 major cities across the United States at the same time. It was so disturbing to my mind, I tried to speak it out of my mind. I said, get out of here, that's a disturbance. And then I found myself, I was so sobered, and I was upright in my spirit, and the Holy Spirit began to dialogue with me that the reason why we have not seen a bus blow up or we have not seen a mall blow up or a sporting event uh, disaster is because in the mind of terrorism, they are devising and plotting a plan to take the United States down in one day. And the Holy Spirit revealed that to me. I took it to the airwaves. I wrote about it, and I've been speaking it ever since. And then I've, since that time, have heard other people say the same exact thing that God was showing them. So I know that there are suitcase nuclear weapons that are buried underground in the United States of America, that there are very devastating bombs under the earth. And right now we're all looking at surface level, we're all walking above the ground, and we're looking at all the things that are happening, the, the tornadoes and the volcanoes and the hurricanes and the earthquakes and the, the famines and the plagues and the possible wars and the rumors of wars and... We see all these things happening, as Jesus said they would in the last days, that these are the beginning of sorrows. And yet, with everything that's happening, the propaganda machines are always able to turn things around and delay and prolong and proceed. And, you know, everybody has their agenda. Everybody has what they believe is right or wrong. But the inevitable reality is that beneath our feet, in the underworld, in the underground, there are things happening. I believe that sign is being shown to us what's going on in the Gulf of Mexico right now. I do believe that split in the earth is 
relative to Revelation chapter 9 about a pit that is going to open and some of the most fierce satanic spirits are going to be released all over the world. I do believe that that is biblical and it's prophetic in its nature, that there is something that is shaking, something that is rumbling, and beneath our feet we are walking upon some of the most devastating uh, possibilities of destruction in the United States. Personally, I believe that's the truth. I believe that Washington, D.C. will be uh, leveled to the ground. I believe that that city will be left in a condition that Jesus said, not one stone will be left upon another. I believe that there is a nuclear weapon, or more than one, buried beneath the ground in Washington, D.C. area. I believe it's there. I believe it's underground. And I believe it's just a matter of time. In Ezekiel, we hear that the sword has been given into the hand of the slayer, and then the Spirit of God says to the slayer, go wherever you want to go and strike whenever you want to strike. And I know a lot of people have a, a hard time with the idea of Ishmael having any power in the earth, but we can never forget about the Islamic reality that's going on within our nation, that Ish- Ishmael was designed by God to be a wild man. He was named Ishmael. He was named a wild man. He said, your hand would be against every man's hand, and every man's hand would be against you. And I see the United Nations and the globalization and all the globalist plans that are going on as the every man's hand. But Ishmael is a wild man. And he acts and, 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 and moves in a certain way that is so foreign to our Western mindset and is so very patient and, and has at his disposal at this moment, I believe, uh, everything necessary to bring this nation down. And, and so we walk over the open fields every day back and forth. Our heads are up. We're looking at, at, this, at things horizontally. We're not aware of what's beneath our feet that could be detonated at any moment. In fact, the Lord had given me a prophetic word, and I believe that it was his word. He just simply said that we are all marching towards a moment wherein everything is going to change. He said that there was a great strike that was about to hit the United States of America. Tell the people to brace themselves. It's on the radar. And this was about a year and a half ago. And I never saw more clearly on the radar, the television radar, as in September and October 2009 when the History Channel showed a two-hour documentary of a nuclear detonation in Washington, D.C., and with each two-hour broadcast, they showed that detonation somewhere between 12 and 15 times per program. They revealed Yeah, they revealed it was the number one threat against the United States of America. Homeland Security has a huge plan for evacuation, what to do with the government, how to get the people outside of Washington, D.C., They showed that program six times, September 28th, 29th, October 4th, October 16th, and uh, they showed it twice a day on two of those occasions. And then the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said that America will be known as a land of refugees. He said to give the people a proper picture of what this nation is going to look like is look at Katrina, multiply it by a 1,000, and you will have a proper picture of what the United States will look like very soon. People will be wandering from sea to shining sea. They will be looking for a piece of bread and something to drink. This land will be known as a land of refugees. And because of these things, God has told us that we need to prepare, we need to get an ark, you know, and we have responded to the word of God. We're not just talking about it. We left the state of California after 18 years of full-time pastoral ministry. God supernaturally led us to the northwest region of Arkansas, and he told us to come out here and build an ark. 
And that's what we've been doing for the last eight months. And with all the other stuff that is swirling around us with the possibility of war and the lining of the stars and all the different things that are happening in this earth, I would just encourage everybody to be so aware and so awake and so tuned in and to begin to listen deeply in the spirit. We're so distracted by all the noise. We're so distracted by all the activity, and the people of God are not listening. They're not going into the core of their spirit. They're not listening deeply with open ears. They have ears to hear, but they're not hearing. They have eyes to see, but they're not seeing. They have hearts, but they don't understand what time it is and how every single moment of life that we have in light is a precious gift of God, but it is given to us to prepare for what will inevitably erupt all over this world, and we will witness the collapse of the United States of America, and the cities of America will burn, and the main reason is not because of Ishmael, it's not because of the international bankers, it's not because of Barack Obama, it is because the sin of our nation. We have sinned against God. And there is no other argument necessary to vindicate or justify what God has revealed to the prophets and to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear what will happen to this nation. And the reason why God was forecasting it before the, the news medias were or the documentary channels were or uh, the Internet was, the reason why he was revealing it to people in the caves of Agilum and in the, in the prisons with Joseph was to prepare his people Make the people of God ready. They would hear a voice, and now it's being confirmed all over the world. We know that America, as we know it, is going to collapse. In its collapse, the nations of the world are going to fall like dominoes, and they're going to be the uprising of the one-world government, the beast of Revelation chapter 13, and the globalization and the dominion and power of that beast is going to run rampant through the nations of the earth, from every nation on this earth, through a one-world military. And we are going to see Nazi Germany. We're going to see it repeated, but this time not just over in Europe in the 1930s and 40s, 40s, but all over the world at the same time. Every person that carries the cargo of Jesus Christ, for this is not the wrath of God, this is the wrath of the dragon, Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. And his wrath is going to be poured out through a beast. The beast was designed by the dragon so that the dragon could go and make war with the remnant of the seed. And that seed is Jesus Christ. So everybody living at the time of the fulfilling of this prophecy known as the Revelation is going to be persecuted. They are going to be attacked. But it's going to be a greater tribulation than any other tribulation that has ever been on the earth, according to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, this global tribulation will be far greater than anything that has ever been. And that means all the way back to the days of Lot, the days of Noah, that goes back to 70 A.D., when Titus and his Roman armies came into Israel. That goes back to the lion's den, the Roman persecution. It goes back to Nazi Germany, the Bolshevik Revolution, and all the things that have happened in Africa, India, China, against our brothers and sisters all over the world already. It's coming to this nation. We're not prepared. We have a false gospel, unfortunately, because of deceiving spirits that uh, even through well-intended and well-meaning brothers and sisters have embraced a lying doctrine of a pre-tribulational rapture that is not assisting in the preparation of every man's spirit, soul, and body to be strong to go through 
what we are about to face and what we are talking about at the moment and have been talking about will become an, an immediate reality and many people like during Nazi Germany will not be able to deal with it except moment to moment as everything that they have will be taken from them. They will be brought into ghettos, concentration camps, FEMA camps, and then whisked away into places they would never wish to go. But their minds could never believe it before it happened. It would be too horrible of a report, and so they had to deal with it as they went. We are hearing, and if we are hearing the voice of God, he is telling us, get out of the inner cities, get out of the mass population areas, get away, break away, don't be a fool, don't be deceived by time or delay. Know what is spoken is from the Holy Spirit, and it's being confirmed around the world. Be wise distance yourself. Get out. Go buy yourself a piece of land if you can. Start preparing your arks. And for those who cannot do that, God has other people he's raising up to prepare arks all over the world for God's people, ultimately, that will hear and will get out in time to find their way to places of safety and refuge. Brother Xavier, uh, you're right on target. I mean, if, for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to Pastor Vincent Xavier of New Wine Ministry. We're talking about the uh, what is coming on America and ultimately the whole world. You know, brother, I don't think a lot of people have read the Word recently. You know, I think that uh, we spend too much time going to movies, uh, seeking after entertainment. We let our Bibles collect dust. And, you know, I will tell you, the, the Bible that I read, uh, let me quote over in Matthew 24, 9, it says, uh, concerning the end time, you know, Jesus said, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and be put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of me. And it also said, over in John seventeen fifteen, it said, Jesus, you know, praying to the Father, said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You know, uh, it says, uh, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Is the servant greater than the master? I believe that all that you're saying is true, and that uh, the mainstream church, because they believe the lie, uh, they're setting themselves up to be part of the great falling away that is coming. When persecution comes, people are offended. And uh, they're offended for Christ. And they said, well, wait a minute. You told me I was getting out of here in a rapture. I wasn't going to have to hang around here for, you know, what's going to happen to those left behind. Brother, do you remember uh, back when the Left Behind series came out, uh, some of these televangelists started to release a video? And it was uh, something you could buy and give to your loved ones for those left behind. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Uh, what a joke. Because um, we're going through it, brothers and sisters. You know, uh, Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. I mean, how, how much clearer can we get? There are certain biblical parameters that must take place before the return of Christ, a great falling away. I believe the word when it says, we don't get out of here to the last trumpet, brother. And so the way I read it, there's a couple pathways we're going to go. We're either going to be lukewarm Christians, we're going to get offended for the gospel, we're going to turn away from the faith and fall away, start persecuting our brother. Some of us uh, will probably go to the FEMA concentration camps that are on soil right now and die there. Others will uh, probably uh, lose their life and become a martyr. But if you go that way, folks, uh, you do get a martyr's crown. I think there's some, Brother Xavier, that are going to pick up the sword and have to die by the sword. And I think that there's others that are going to, you know, keep the patience and faith of the saints and endure till the end. Um, some of you listening may say, well, you know, 
suitcase nukes, nukes under the, under the soil? Let me direct you guys to Google. Google suitcase nukes. In 1997, a former Russian national security advisor, Alexander Levin, revealed that uh, during the breakup of the Soviet Union, which, by the way, was a farce, they did that basically to uh, cause people to uh, let down their guard. All the while, they've continued to build up, and they're stronger now than ever. A number of suitcase nukes disappeared and uh, found them their way to the United States. And we had Russian defector Colonel Stanislav Lunov. He told ABC News that there are a number of suitcase nukes in the country right now. So, folks, these devices are already here. There's been a couple movies that have kind of brought this out of a you know, possible scenario. I'm sure you've seen some of them. They are here, folks, and they could go off at any time. And, hey, I wouldn't be surprised, Brother Xavier, that uh, new ones are coming in all the time. I mean, how many people came into the border last night? Does anybody know the answer to that? Maybe thousands? And what's to have kept somebody from carrying one of these on their back through the border that we're not even protecting? Um, so before I start preaching, let me give it back to you. <laughs> well, no, it's okay. Hey, you know what? It's the voice of many waters. And, you know, I, we, we look at things, and, and I think uh, we see 12 to 20 million uh, people breaking the law openly, and nothing's being done. And the guy that's driving down the street living his life is afraid to go 75 miles an hour, 10 miles over the speed limit, because he knows he's breaking the law, he's going to get a ticket. Uh, there is a massive injustice taking place in the United States, but again, I don't blame the Mexicans, I don't blame anybody. It is the sin of the nation. The Book of Lamentations tells us that these yes. things, these exact things that are happening, will happen to a nation that disobeys God, and we certainly have. But Shannon, you know, my point is this. You know, getting back to the rapture just for a moment, I am marveling. I am absolutely amazed because I'm, I'm a student, and I'm open to learn, and I'm not an expert, but I do know how to read, and I've read my Bible, and there is not one place in the New Testament, any place, where there is a foundation for a pre-tribulational rapture or an escape from what is coming down the pike. It's not in Matthew 24, Luke uh, 21, or Mark 13. It's not in 1 Thessalonians 4, it's not in 1 Corinthians 15, and it's certainly not in Revelation 4 or Revelation 11, which is the foundational scriptures that a lot of the gentlemen use and the ladies use to teach a pre-tribulational rapture. Revelation 4.1 is no basis or foundation because John was taken up into heaven and he heard the voice of a trumpet. He, it says very clearly he was taken up to be shown things that are coming to pass. It wasn't to do with a rapture. The two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11, those are two witnesses that die in the streets. They're not raptured. They're resurrected after three and a half days. It, it's the resurrection. And in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's not one word that Jesus spoke. All he said is, when you see these things come to pass, flee to the mountains, and then after the tribulation of these days, then these certain things will come, which when you get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul again is talking about the resurrection and those who died, not the rapture, and he says, even as the words of our Lord, he was referring to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which, again, no evidence of a pre-tribulational rapture. 1 Corinthians 15, the seventh trumpet, the same thing. The dead rise. When did the dead rise? The first resurrection is at the second coming of Jesus Christ. We who are alive and remaining are going to be caught up. We're going to be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. So we have incredible, wonderful promises before us, the best is yet to come for the, for the true elect company of God Almighty. But there's another thing that I want to show God's people in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. 
And I believe that when God's people truly come together with the mind of Christ, he writes to the church at Philadelphia. He says to the Philadelphian brethren, these are the, the, the city of brotherly love. He says, you know what? I am so impressed with you guys. I like the way that you're working. I like that you're working harmoniously in unity and in love, and you're working towards a common good. And the only thing I want to tell you is don't let any man take your crown but this is what I'm going to do because I'm so impressed with your community, your Christian community, is I'm going to keep you from the hour of temptation that's going to come upon the whole world to try every man, woman, and child on this earth. All God's saying to that church is, I'm going to keep you, just like he kept Noah, just like he kept his people in different times. He led them into places of safety. And I believe that this is the opportunity for the remnant of God Almighty who are mobilizing, who are moving, who are maturing, who are changing, being transformed and conformed into the image of Christ, putting on Christ, having the fruit of the Holy Spirit as the most important thing that they can possess in this hour, that God says if you'll work together without the gossip, without the slander, without the backbiting, without the whispering, without the contention, without the strife, if you will come together, not for the glory of any one man, doctrine, denomination, creed, but for the glory of Jesus Christ, and you will work in this hour, you will receive a blessing, a spiritual blessing. And I believe that's totally connected to the days of Noah, because in the days of Noah, God said when Noah entered in, chapter 7, he shut him in. And to the church of Philadelphia, he's the one that has the keys that opens and no man closes and shuts. He shuts and no man opens. He opens and no man shuts. He uses that word, the same one for Noah, when he shut him in. He will shut in a community of believers at this time. We do not have to be looking for a pre-trib rapture to escape anything. God has another plan. He's going to leave a witness in this earth until his second coming. And it's not going to be those who get saved while the church is gone or the, the Jews. And, you know, all that is hearsay. It's not biblical one bit. It's not biblical. It's not scriptural. It's an idea. Uh, actually, in Revelation 16, verse 15, in the middle of the wrath of God being poured out, which is after the great tribulation of the wrath of the dragon, Jesus pauses in verse 15 and talks to his people and says, make sure you keep your robes white because I'm coming like a thief in the night, and you don't want your nakedness to appear to them. You don't want them to see your shame. Same thing he said to the Laodicean church in Revelation chapter 3. So what we do now is prepare and we work. Whether or not people are going to hear, we're going to keep broadcasting and blowing the trumpet until God says to stop, but in the interim, we must build, but we need to know what to build. Are we supposed to build another church, another conference center? Uh, what does God want to be built? Clearly, what the Lord wants built in this hour are arks. He wants places where the saints will gather in the power and spirit of Jesus Christ. And they will have food and they will have water. This is the physical part. It's not the most important part. Survivalists can do this, but we're talking about something greater than just survivalists. We're talking about God's presence being in these places where he literally shuts the saints in during this time. He will be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob again. He'll be the God to the Jews in the wilderness again. He will bring the manna. He'll bring the water. He'll bring the provision and protection. God is going to be God again. And there's going to be no system of man that in, during this time that will be leaned upon. We must learn now how to come out. 
We must begin the process. We should, we're in this world, but we're not of it. We use it, but we don't abuse it. In other words, we're holding everything loosely. We're doing the best we know how to do with what we understand. And until God enlightens us more and more, we just keep doing what he said. Build arcs. Get ready for what is going to happen, for surely it will come to pass. Praise God, brother. You know, uh, I read in the Word that um, when God gets ready to judge, he always sends his warning. And, you know, a prophecy isn't of any private interpretation. He will warn uh, his prophets, plural. And uh, everything that you're saying, folks, everything that uh, the pastor has been saying is corroborated. God has sent prophets over the last several decades that have been stating that a time was coming, such as being described tonight on the radio. We had uh, Brother Dimitri Dudeman, who smuggled more Bibles into Romania and Russia than any man that ever lived, and was put on the electric chair three times. And he still would not uh, deny Christ. And, and God brought him through that. But then he sent him to America. God showed him nuclear, biological, chemical attacks going on in America. Named the cities. Named the locations. Um, D.C., New York, Las Vegas, Seattle, uh, Florida, New Orleans. Then we had uh, Dr. Jonathan Hansen, World Ministries. Lord showed him nuclear, biological, chemical attack. We had Henry Gruber. The Lord showed him Russian subs surfacing off the east and west coast. And by the time we knew what happened, it was too late. They'd already lobbed their their um, nuclear tip warheads. And what Brother Xavier has been shown here, this is going to happen, folks. Now, Brother, uh, the day the nuke goes off, give us uh, kind of a description of what the aftermath is going to be and. Uh, also define for us what is known as the term martial law. There may be some that don't know this term. What happens the day this thing happens? Okay. What can we expect next? Well, it's always the aftermath. You know, I was down in Picayune, Mississippi, and this is you know part of my journey and my spiritual walk with the Lord uh, after Katrina hit. And I had the opportunity to be in uh, Lake uh, what was it, Lake Charles, Louisiana, probably two weeks before Katrina hit. And I didn't prophesy that Katrina was going to come or anything. I happened to be with a pastor, Pastor Mike, and uh, he was kind of taking me around town. And I, I was looking out the window, and I said, you know, Pastor Mike, these streets are going to be flowing with water. But I didn't know it was going to be a judgment. I had no idea. I thought it could have been revival, it could have, but I knew a cleansing was coming. And then a couple of weeks later, Katrina hit. And after Katrina, I was invited to go speak at a conference in Picayune, Mississippi, with uh, Patricia Lee, Pastor Patricia Lee's uh, ministry out there, and I went out there and I met people that went through the storm. And it wasn't storm itself that was the most devastating thing, it was the aftermath. And they told me about no electricity for six weeks, standing on line for eight hours to get a gallon of water, or being in your car on a three-mile-long line to get a quarter tank of gas. They were showing me when we, they, they journeyed me into New Orleans and we were walking around and they said in that stadium that was supposed to be a safe place, there were snipers at the top of that stadium that were taking people out every single day because of the, the, the looting, the raping, the stealing, the violence that was running rampant. It was not a pretty sight in the aftermath of New Orleans. And when God said, tell the people Katrina times a thousand all over this nation, and then you'll have a proper picture of what is coming. There will be cities that will be burning to the ground because of the dirty bombs and the nuclear detonations that go off. 
out of that aftermath, when things settle down in the cities, especially where they're just going to be using these dirty bomb materials, is the, the roving gangs. The gang issue right now is more real than it's ever been. On the borders of Laredo, Texas, again on the History Channel, they did Gangland USA, and they exposed a gang called the Citas. And this is a gang not just of your average kids that are you know troubled with drugs and alcohol and looking for a family. These are ex-military co-op people from the Mexican military, the Mexican army, who traded their allegiance away from the Mexican military to the drug cartels of Mexico and formed this gang. They are terrorizing the people of Laredo, Texas, at the border. There are more assassinations, more murders, more bloodshed going on down there, and it's amazing it takes a History Channel documentary to bring the exposure to it. But these people are sophisticated, they have money, they have helicopters, they have arsenal, they have everything available. And one of them, during the program, said, America, you better wake up. You're looking at Al-Qaeda, but you better smell the coffee because we're right here, we're in your house, and we're coming strong. They are located in Chicago, New York, Miami, uh, Los Angeles, and then they went on to expose all the other gangs. When this thing erupts, the gangs that will be looting and violent and moving in a demonic frenzy, it is going to be a nightmare. And out of that will come your martial law. What will happen is the UN military forces and American governmental forces will be under the control and dictatorship because the Constitution of the United States will be suspended when martial law is released, and the man known as Barack Hussein Obama will take the reins of power over the nations of the earth, over the army of the world, and he will bring it to bear upon the people of this nation. And at that time, as America is collapsing and that dictatorial power comes into his hand, the persecution against the, the saints is going to go forth because much of what is going to happen will not be blamed on Ishmael, the Muslims. It's not going to be blamed on the Illuminati, the CFR, or the globalists. It is going to be blamed on Christians. And the Christian community is going to suffer the same global terror, uh, the war on terror that has been happening for the last few years. It's going to turn. The Antichrist will come to power. But what's amazing is that this man who's in the highest office in the world, Barack Hussein Obama, is not a valid constitutional president. We know that. We've heard all the information, but I want to share a quick little story. Twenty-two months before the, the election ever came to pass, my, my wife was out. She was working out. I was at the house, and I do what I do, and I'm walking around praying, prophesying, declaring, worshiping, praising God, uh, praying in the Spirit, just having a wonderful time of quiet going through our home. And as I was praying, and, and Brother Shannon, I hope this doesn't disturb anybody, but I happen to pray in the Holy Spirit. I pray in Praise God. And I do that with yes. my heart. And one night, I, it, it, while this was going on, I was praying, This word, Bama, kept coming into my mouth. Now, before God, I lie not, I never knew of a man by the name of Barack Hussein Obama. Never heard of his name, knew nothing about him. But the word Bama came so strong into my spirit, I went to my Bible on the kitchen counter, I went to the concordance, I looked up for the word Bama, and there it was, B-A-M-A-H, and it meant high place of idolatry. And I looked at that, I said, Lord, what is this Bama, high place of idolatry? And I thought, is, could you be talking about Alabama? Should I be thinking about Alabama, something going to come out of Alabama? Seven days later, 
I was sitting at our kitchen table. Fox News was on. Dad was watching the news. And this man by the name of Barack Hussein Obama was in Tennessee, and he was declaring his bid for the candidacy of the President of the United States. The Lord said, he's the man. He's the one that's going to go. At that time, Giuliani and all the rest were in it. And I was getting one word from everybody who was saying who's going. And in my spirit, I shared it with my wife, my family, and our congregation, who it was going to be, that Barack Hussein Obama, he was going to be the man to go in. Well, on November 4th, when he was elected into that office, I was laying down on the couch. My wife was on the other couch, and I was weeping before the Lord. And I said, Lord, why did you show me that this man would be in the highest office in the land. And I didn't know anything about his birth certificate then or anything about anything. And three days later on our radio broadcast, the Lord revealed the purpose for that man being in the highest office in the world, in my understanding of the way things are in this earth right now. This man has been set as a trigger. He is going to trigger the events He is going to cause the fuse that has been lit a long time ago in this nation and the powder keg. He is going to connect it. He is going to detonate it. He is going to ignite it either by assassination, which will erupt a racial violence within this nation that's been here for a very long time, or he is going to push the envelope, which is going to release the patriots, and there's going to be an all-out bloody revolution within this nation. And I do believe there will be a revolution in this nation. And in fact, yes. I believe the forefathers of this nation, if they were standing and looking at this nation, they'd say it needs one anyways. So I believe that, and I'm talking about the forefathers who fought the first revolution to establish this nation. Yes. And so wh- whether it's right or wrong, that's not my point. But I, I do believe that's what they would say. So here we have a man who's not a valid United States citizen, as far as we can tell, because all the records have been blocked, but he's operating in the highest office in the world, and he's going so fast right now. Every single thing is accelerating. We could not, if we saw in the spirit, we wouldn't be able to keep up with it. That's how fast it's going. It's almost like I could care less what you guys think about me. I could care less about not having a birth certificate and blocking everybody from showing my records. I don't care about all the lawsuits. I don't care about the 60% of the people of this nation who know something, but they really can't prove it because I blocked it all. I'm achieving something. And this man has been set, and he is going to be the trigger that ignites everything in this nation. So when we get down to thinking who is this man that's going to control the world, we have a prophecy from the 1700s and in 1904. Two prophecies concerning a man that would rule the greatest army in the world. In the 1700s in the Hadith, there's a story about a man that would come who is a tall black man who would rule in the United States and would have power over the greatest army in the world. That's the United Nations Army. There's no doubt about it. In 1904, the Kenyan Sunday Times, it's a newspaper, it's there, it's available to anybody who wants to look at it. It's an AP report that uh, Obama is a Kenyan-born. I mean, he's Kenyan-born, but there was also a pastor that had said in 1904 that there would rise one among us from Kenya that would take control of the West because wickedness, wickedness would be so intense in the United States one of our own would take the rules of power and destroy that nation. So we have a man that's fitting some kind of a bill right now that's going to possess all the power within this nation when martial law hits this nation. And at that point, anybody can imagine. All you have to do is look at Nazi Germany 
and look at Schindler's List if you don't have a proper view and get somewhat of a view and look at the Bolshevik Revolution, what happened over there in Russia and all the, all the tragedies that have happened. It's coming to the shores of the United States of America. It's beneath our feet. We are one moment away. A moment. And nobody on this planet is going to say when that moment is unless God absolutely reveals it. But there is no doubt that that moment is all around us. We are in it. And it's just a matter of that moment, whether it's tonight, the next second, the millisecond. It, it is a moment of time that this nation is going to change. And it may be quicker than what a lot of people are saying. It may be delayed. I don't know. Brother, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I've said for a long time that I believe a second Holocaust is coming. The first one, it was the Jews. This time it will be the Jews, Christians, and patriots. Uh, you know, Dmitry Dudeman said that uh, a civil war would break out. And while the government was busy uh, dealing with that, uh, Russian Spetsnaz troops, would, uh, who knew where our nuclear silos, would uh, sabotage them. Um, I hear everywhere, and I've heard it now for about two years, that... Uh, you know, people are getting angry, and a civil war is coming. And now I'm hearing it like uh, every week. I mean, people are getting angry. They were promised jobs. The only jobs that have come out have been, uh, you know, Census Bureau. <laughs> and then at that, uh, have you ever wondered why uh, you get a knock on your door, someone comes up and asks you questions, and then they have a little device, and they take your GPS coordinates? Okay, there's, there's more to it than meets the eye. Folks, uh, the government knows that a crisis is coming. Obama, or shall we call him Vincent uh, Barry Satoro? <laughs> he has multiple names. Uh, we really don't know the bottom line on him. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that he's Kenyan, and therefore he's ineligible to hold office. As my grandfather calls him, he's a double agent. And every once in a while, the truth will come out of his mouth. He says, uh, my Muslim faith. You know, his, uh, he, he's no doubt a Muslim, uh, you know, Islam really pulled a, a coup on us. Uh, they actually got one of their men in, in the White House. That's my opinion. And uh, we know what the, the, the Muslims' view of uh, the people of the book are, Christians or Jews. It's submit, which is what Islam means, or they cut your head off. Correct. So I believe that is the modus operandi during the uh, tribulation. When they start beheading the saints, I believe it will be at the hands of Islam. But uh, back to my point, um, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, Obama is uh, the trigger that uh, the government knows that um, a civil war is brewing because people are angry. All of our jobs have been exported. All of our industry is being dismantled. Uh, we're not making anything anymore, Vincent. It's all coming in from China. And frankly, the stuff is crap. Um, and I think we know that. I mean, you know, um, I went recently to furnish an apartment, and I had to start over. And so I went down and bought uh, my stuff, and uh, I'll tell you, within weeks, stuff started to just break down. And I said, good golly. You know, I went to Walmart, Best Buy, places like that. And, you know, it's all made in China. It's the lowest base uh, raw materials, people. So what have we done? We've sold ourselves out for a little cheaper goods. Now I believe the day is coming when the only jobs that are going to be available are at uh, McDonald's or Starbucks. Or the government. <laughs> or the government, yeah, exactly. So uh, no doubt about it, um, you know, he's brought in to finish the work of Bill Clinton, Bush Sr., Bush Jr. before him. You know, the conspiracy didn't start yesterday, folks. Uh, it's been ongoing for a while. 
But uh, he's the man to um, pull the trigger and uh, unleash martial law on America. And then uh, that's a day where our life changes, Vincent. We wake up and uh, it's goodbye America, you know, in, in, in the, the old good times that we used to have. Because then, you know, it's, uh, the, the government is in control. Uh, the executive laws, folks, have been put on the books, starting back in Reagan, Reagan's days. And Obama signed a number of them. Go over to the WhiteHouse.gov and uh, also Google executive powers. When this national emergency is declared, you lose all of your rights. The government takes control of everything. And um, our freedom is gone. And what you lose, you don't get back, folks. So uh, it's just a matter of time. And when that, uh, when that day comes, it's going to be red, blue list roundups. Uh, you're going to be forcibly relocated. The FEMA concentration camps are here, folks. Okay, they've been uh, built uh, under contracts by companies such as Halliburton. The railroad cars with shackles are reality. They're waiting to take you to the camps just like Hitler came for the Jews. And, you know, back then, Vincent, um, people were warned. They saw the signs around them, and they said, you know, it can't get that bad. Surely it's going to improve. You know, I can't move because I've got my kids in school. You know, they've got their friends. We've got our businesses. And what happened? Some of them heard the warning, Vincent, and actually did something about it. Others, they waited around until slowly but surely the troops started to move in. They started to put up roadblocks. Then it became difficult to impossible to get out. And then the, uh, the trains rolled in. And the next thing you know, they were... Uh, they had a one-way ticket right into the uh, the death camps, and uh, you know, in fact, I'll tell you, I talked to a guy. This is this is a true story. Uh, he said that that's real, real stuff. I mean, he said his uncle uh, found himself caught. He did not get out while he could, did not make any preparations. He waited around, and God had mercy on him because he made his way up to a, a border crossing point, and he was able to trade four platinum buttons <laughs> on his jacket for his freedom. And he escaped death. But, folks, that's coming here to America. And it's part of God's uh, judgment plan. Uh, let me throw it back to you, Vincent. Okay. Um, excellent points. I just love the conversation. And, you know, we, I, I want to just talk just for a moment of, you know, I want to go back a little bit because all the anger that's being, um, you know, brought to the surface and, you know, all the words and, and all, the, all, all the rage that is really uh, stirring and it's, it, it is somewhat modified. It goes up and down. It's like a, a symphony at times, the way things are controlled in people's emotions and mindsets and words and all of that. But let's, let's get back to the, just the bottom line of why this is happening in the United States. Barack Hussein Obama is a result of our national sin as a church. You know, I was thinking about a prophet over in Nigeria, Africa, India. I'm thinking about a third world country. I'm thinking about a, a black man, and I'm thinking about a prophet. He's a prophet of God. God has filled his mouth with the word. But he's looking at his nation. He's watching his, you know, his wife carry water from the river on a basket on her head. And there's not a real harsh prophetic word as the kids' bones are sticking out and the, and the Muslims are coming by and raping the women and destroying their villages and they're living out in the wilderness. And so that prophet looks over to America. 
And the prophet thinks, okay, American prophets wear silk suits, American prophets drive fancy cars, American prophets have jets, American prophets are on TV, American prophets have everything in, in big bank accounts, they have everything. Oh, I, to be a prophet then, I want to go to America, I want to learn the formula of success, and what that prophet doesn't no, rather than coming to America and prophesying that where he's at, America will be, that prophet is coming here not realizing that that very prosperity gospel that has been preached for years in this nation was a sign of the apostasy of the church and the church leaders within this nation. There used to be watchmen on the wall. There used to be men of God that got on the wall and reported to the Christian community within this nation of what was, what was coming, and the nation would rise up and contend with it. There was no sodomy. Sodomy was against the law. There were no homosexuals, lesbians, outspoken on parade floats and marching through the cities and spewing out their vomit and their evil and in the front of four- and five-year-old children's eyes. That was against the law. It was against the law to, you know, uh, you know they, all the different things. You know, even television was modified and controlled. And, but all of a sudden, those watchmen were bribed. And they were told, listen, we can give you a lot of wealth. We can get you on TV. We can get you in the limelight. We can give you, get you big congregations. We can get you a name. We can get you reputation. And very subtly... In a very religious way, the church began to merge with the world. And in the merger came the compromise, which produced the lukewarmness, which produced the apostasy, and which produces where the church is at now. And so when we look at the condition of the United States, and we look at the 12 to 20 million illegal immigrants, we look at the filthy stuff on television, we look at all the pornography on the internet and the discos and the casinos and the drunkenness and the alcoholic problem and the, and the drug, drug addiction problems and the pedophile problems and the homosexual problems and the lesbian problems. And you go down the list to what's happening to this nation. And on top of that, every kind of sin produces cancer and sickness and disease and diabetes and, 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 and just obesity. And, you know, the nation, and we just bring one program after another. But my point is this. It's all a result of the watchmen who left the walls and participated in the greatest spiritual adultery that could have ever been committed within this nation. And because of it, the people lost sight of God. They were given another spirit, they were introduced to another Jesus, and they were preached another gospel. And these are all biblical words that I'm using here. And this nation has grown up, the young people of this nation, the people that didn't have watchmen fathers anymore, watching for them, they don't know who their daddy is. They don't know who their father is. They don't know who their savior is. They think their savior is a sugar daddy that died on the cross, and they got their name written, and they're once saved, always saved, and nothing bad could ever happen to them. They're going to heaven no matter how they live. And they'll get angry about it if you tell them to walk in holiness or righteousness. And the reason why we're there is because of that adulterous affair that the church had with the world. And now 
We're in a condition, there's so much Babylon, there's so much confusion in the churches that many people came out. They separated themselves and they tried to shake themselves of the inward uh, uh, crippled uh, state that they were finding themselves in. And they're finding, well, where are you, God? Who is God? Where is God? What's going on? Is, the, is this prosperity a sign of God? Or is it like the scripture says, beware, rich man. It's easier to go for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so we have all these biblical scriptures that denounce the desire for the God of mammon, wherein at the same time, God knows how to bless his people to get the work done that they need to get done, and God is a good father, and I, I have a balanced perspective, but they didn't have to leave the wall. They didn't have to stop blowing the trumpet. And now, the two trees that were in this nation, one I believe was Christ, the other I believe was the Luciferian nightmare that was this whole Atlantis, uh, one world government, Illuminati, Bovarian, you know, all these different desires of these particular seed, the seed of Satan that grew. And you know, wherever God builds his church, Satan builds his right next to it, and the counterfeit spirit grows up. And the two struggled for quite some time, but it was within this generation that we surrendered the fight and gave the power to that other. And it is now in the process of dominating and bringing into the form of absolute slavery everything within this nation to usher in their agenda and the Christian community doesn't even know it. Their best plan is a pre-tribulational rapture. What we need to do, my final word here, Shannon, is what we need to do as parents and grandparents, we need to tell our children we have to leave the world now. We have to get out from behind the television and the computers and the video games. We have to begin our process, our exodus, out into the wilderness. And I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to be courageous. I want you to be like Joshua and Caleb. But I want you to understand why we're leaving. Because tough times are coming. Difficult days are coming upon this nation. And we have to be in the right position so that we can seek the face of God. That we can get understanding and revelation from God. Son, I don't want you to be afraid. Grandson, I don't want you to be afraid. I want to explain to you what's happening. But I'm going to do it in a way that will bring you know just an understanding to your heart where you're at, and then as we go through, I want you to know something. Though we're going to see difficult days, though times are going to get tough, and we're, we're going to hear and see some pretty bad stuff, we have a hope and we have a promise that we are going to be birthed out of the womb of this great tribulation into the millennial reign of our Lord Jesus Christ, where you're going to grow up in that thousand-year reign of Christ's government where the wickedness and the injustice and the unrighteousness and the corruption of this world is going to be eradicated through the government of Jesus Christ. And you, as you prepare your heart now to serve the Lord, will be involved in that governing power in ruling this world. They'll have five cities or ten cities, Jesus said. And we need to get our children thinking about what is beyond the trouble. But we can't keep entertaining our children, telling them nothing bad is going to happen. We just want you to get a scholarship to go to college and, and, and be a sports star or any of those things. That is an American dream that is now without salt and without light and is meaningless for the most part in light of what is truly happening. We need to train our kids. We need to train our grandkids. We need to bring them out. We need to start thinking methodically where God wants us to go and start doing what God wants us to do. And if we really believe that this is what time it is, 
and we really believe it with all of our hearts, then we would be remiss to sit on our hands and do nothing. And if there's nothing you can do, you can always pray, and you could always get behind ministries that are bringing forth the true Word of God, like what Shannon's doing tonight. You can get behind those ministries, support those ministries that the Word will go forth, and then you get behind the projects that God is doing, like First Chronicles chapter 29, when David said, my, my son Solomon is yet young and tender, but the work is great, and he got behind, and he, he said he, to all the elders of Israel, come and support him. Get behind his work. Help him do what he's doing. So you get a First Chronicles 29 people where they wound up giving cheerfully and joyfully more than was expected. They just gave to the work of God with a Philadelphian church mindset of brotherly love and unity. There's going to be a tremendous blessing, and our days aren't going to be spent in fear and worrying about the devil. In fact, Shannon, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, when Noah was told to build an ark, it says he moved with fear, but he didn't move in fear with what was going to happen. He moved in godly, reverential fear in honoring God's word to do what God told him to do. There is no place for a spirit of fear in these days. These are the best days. These are the days that the people of God who know their God are going to be doing exploits. These are the days for the courageous heroes, the men and women of God of every sort to rise up and meet the challenge of this day and prepare people to go through these times because there will be a people alive and remaining at the second coming of Jesus Christ, and we want to be a part of that body. We want to go through. I have no death wish. I don't want to see the death of anybody. I want to see people prepared, provided for, and making their way through on a three-and-a-half to five-year camping trip. I want to get people prepared and ready to go, and I know that's what God wants, and that's what we need to do. Praise God. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio. I'm your host, Shannon Davis. We've got Pastor Vincent Xavier on the line with us tonight of New Wine Ministries. His website is newwineministry.net. If you have a question for the pastor, we're going to open up the phone lines. Uh, the number to call in is at area code 917-889-2745. Uh, pastor Xavier, if, uh, if you still have a little bit more time, I've got about uh, 57 minutes remaining. If you are able to stay on, um, we'd like to uh, have you fill a couple calls and talk to us about the Arkansas Project, what you're doing up there, how people can get involved, and then give us an update on your uh, conference that I understand is coming up uh, into this week. That is correct. We begin Friday, uh, July 16th. All right. Uh, if that is amiable to you, let's see. I actually have a call that has come through. Uh, let me go to the lines. Caller, you're on the air with Pastor Xavier. Shannon, what is your question? Hello, Hey, uh, I, uh, Pastor Vincent, this is Joseph Edward White out of Dallas, Texas, and uh, I'm a fan of your show, and I know Shannon pretty well. We speak, and uh, we were kind of excited that you were coming on the show, and uh, I've been following your, um, your refuge, your ark, and it's really exciting what you're doing up there, and I wanted you to kind of share a little bit about what the details were about how you're going to protect people when they come and what kind of plans you have for the acreage up there and, uh, you know, stuff like that. I really want to know, like, the details. I know uh, Greg Everson, I believe, is coming to share about survival, and a lot of exciting things are happening up there. You, you mind sharing more about that? Not at all. I would love to share. Um, in, in sincerity, and I say this with all humility, I, I, I will not be able to protect anybody. I know that. In fact, 
this is a very uh, unusual thing that I believe God has called a lot of people to do right now, to build arcs, because with modern technology, there's no safe place, people say. However, my hope and faith is in obedience to God. When the Lord led us out here to the northwest region of Arkansas, he said, I want you to build an ark. And what that ark is, is buying land and then preparing that land for people that may find themselves in dire straits when everything begins to collapse in this nation. We are to not be subjecting ourselves to them when everything collapses. And so the Lord has put it in our heart. We bought 10 acres of land to begin with. We have 5,000 square feet of warehouse space where people are coming in and they're bringing their blankets and their tents and they're putting canned food as they go. They, they live in their homes or their apartments. They go to work. But as a community in the northwest region, people are little by little coming up. We're planting gardens. We're learning to have uh, all, we're learning so much out here from city people that had a city mindset our whole lives. We're now out here on the most beautiful 10 acres of land that God gave to begin this work with. And we're learning. We're growing. It's a gathering place where people can come. We want to continue to build this ark. We want to provide it. We want to resource it for whosoever will come to this place. And we believe even that will be a supernatural move of God. And our hope is that God will shut us in, like he did to Noah. God will protect us. God will just blind the eyes of the enemy at some point. However, we're, as we're learning... We're also believing, as with every moment we have at this moment, we're looking at another 59 acres, which is even more productive than the 10 acres. We're going to keep the 10 acres, but the 59 acres have three natural water supplies on them, which is something that, as we go, we're just learning. Our, our sense of awareness is being heightened by the real need. You know, what are you going to need for three and a half to five years with however many people that show up? Well, you need a natural water supply off the grid. This place has it. It has a trout pound. It's surrounded by mountains. It has meadows for planting. It has an underground bunker. It has well water. It has 40 fruit and nut trees and an orchard. And it has nothing but potential before it. And these are the kind of places that God has put into our heart to purchase and to stock and then have people go onto these uh, uh, lands and to oversee them and maintain them. We only view these things as stewardship places. We are stewarding them, we are building them, that they belong to God. And they will be used for a time and a season, and when that time and season is over, I believe we're going to come out just like Noah did, and we're going to see a new heaven and a new earth. And so it's for the moment, it's for the time, and this is what we've dedicated our lives to doing after... Again, 18 years of full-time pastoral ministry, we're now building arcs. And one of the things that we're doing to, uh, uh, I guess, just bring raw data to people that are hungry and thirsty, they want to know, is this just a bunch of hype? Is this fear-mongering? You know, what are you guys really doing out there? Well, I'm obeying the Lord. I am following a leading that thus far has not proven to be disastrous or wrong or dead wrong. I am learning and growing and maturing in, my, in the mantle God has given me, and I, I am enjoying because I, I'm doing what I believe God has put in my heart to do. This coming weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, July 16th, 17th, and 18th, we've got people coming as far as Australia that are going to be joining us and people from around the country and the local people here in the northwest region of Arkansas are going to gather together, 
at the Roaring River Inning Conference Center. Greg Evenson will be here. I can't wait to meet Greg. We've done some radio interviews together, and he sounds like uh, my kind of guy. He just sounds like a really neat guy. I can't wait to hear all the information he's going to relay, the raw data, and, of course, he's got some great insight and information how to work with people like us who are building what we're building. Rosemary Levine, she's 80 years old. She's coming out of the mountains of Colorado, and she's going to bring forth a message that is going to bring balance to Greg's message and a spiritual message of sonship and preparation. We want to prepare the whole man, the spirit, soul, and body of every one of God's children. So we're going to be ministering that way during this conference. And then there are several other people that are going to be there, and I just believe that my hand is off of it, I'm not going to control the flow, that there's going to be several people that are going to rise up and have a, a word, and it's going to be sincere and in-depth, and beyond that, there's going to be great Christian fellowship, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it, sounds awesome. it sounds awesome, and uh, I know me and Shannon were toying around with the idea of coming down there, but we don't know if we can get away, but... Uh, you know, uh, for about three weeks, Shannon, was it? I was bragging about wanting to get away to go down there. And they were like, we don't know if we can get away. I'm working a big job, and Shannon's got a lot going on. But, uh, man, I, I would love to come and be a part of that thing. Well, that's, that sounds what, awesome. What is your name again? Well, my name is Joseph Edward White. I go with Zoe Mortal from uh, – I used to be uh, working with uh, Watchman Radio back in the day and uh, – I guess we kind of, I met Omega Man through Rich Keltner, and we became friends, and we kind of encouraged him to get his radio show going. I thought he had a great radio voice, and, and things are going well for him. I'm really happy that he stepped out in faith and did this, because he's really blessing a lot of people that would normally not get on the radio or not get to hear, and he's got a great network going on. So, uh, And he also, Shannon is a, uh, a really good brother. He's an awesome, awesome brother. And I love them. And uh, so anyway, we were just talking about this thing out in Arkansas. I was measuring how far it was from Dallas to Arkansas. He was measuring how far it was. And we're kind of like toying around with the idea of, of skipping out of our responsibility and coming down. Well, if you guys did that, it would be an absolute treat for us. And you would be welcome to come in and just uh, break bread and, and share your hearts. I think it would be fabulous. Even Brother Vincent, if someone is listening right now and would like to come out and be part of this uh, prophetic conference, um, how do they get in contact with you all and make reservations and so forth? Right on our website. Go to uh, N-E-W-W-I-N-E-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y, and I always spell that out because it's not ministries plural, it's ministry singular. So newwineministry.net, and there's a conference tab there. It's the uh, Prophetic uh, Expo 2010, and there's a registration tab. The hotel is sold out as far as rooms uh, checked out today. There are no rooms left, but there are some places about a mile away. Uh, we're out in the Mark Twain National Forest. We're right by a trout river. There's going to be lots of camping for people that want to do little hikes, and they want to go fishing on the river. They want to see some amazing natural beauty of Arkansas with the underground caves and the water. And it's just an amazing place to be. And uh, people should uh, check in, and if they call up and there's not a room, they'll tell you of a hotel about a mile away. And uh, just people are making their way. They're coming from across this country, and uh, they want to hear the raw data. We want no cosmetic Christianity. We're not trying to candy coat anything. We just want to bring the real deal. And I believe that God has brought some, forth some people, and he's going to raise up some people even there. They're going to speak a prophetic word, and there's going to be some just a great move of the Spirit. And 
Um, I would welcome anybody that is really wanting to search out the matter and seek it out um, to consider possibly coming and finding a way to be there. We'll help as much as we can to get anybody there. So this is going to be like a no-holds-barred prophetic conference. Uh, you're going to have some different speakers. Yes, absolutely. Time of fellowship, good food, uh, a chance even to do a little bit of fishing if someone wanted to? Absolutely. Get up early in the morning, go throw your line out and catch some trout. They'll cook it for you at the restaurant. Wow. And uh, Shannon, people, I, I encourage that... you to get out there. Go ahead, Joseph. <laughs> yeah, Shannon, I think I heard Vincent say on the show that he was having a barbecue at the, at the end, too. I know you love barbecue. You're making me hungry right now. <laughs> so, now, Joseph, you had a couple other questions for uh, Pastor, didn't you? Uh, fire away. Yeah, I don't want to change the subject from, but um, I, I know David Eel Els was speaking about Israel. He was talking about the timing of when he thought that um, this whole Israel thing was going to go down and and bring us into the the World War Three. I think he called it. And I wanted to know what Vincent thought about the timing and what's going on in the Persian Gulf right now and how it ties into the beast system and how uh, he believes uh, you know, America is going to handle this with Israel and where is it going to lead us in the next few months. Well, my, my, I only have an opinion on that. You know, I, I've shared my heart what I really believe, that we're walking under a ticking time bomb every day of our lives, any moment, at any time, anything could happen within this nation. Um, it's interesting. I was listening to a broadcast earlier this afternoon, and uh, it was a lot of talk about Israel and Iran. And from what I understand, there will be no war there unless Israel starts the war. That was from a man by the name of Lindsey Williams, and I'm sure everybody's familiar with him and his conversation with one of the global elite. And uh, my wife and I were listening and discerning and just kind of listening to what was being said. Um, you know, I feel like everything is so volatile right now. And there's this talk now within the next 14 days about, uh, you know, earthquakes that will be striking with some very uh, deep impact and fatalities. That's the scientific community. We had a, another 6.2 in Chile last night. And, you know, things are just volatile everywhere. It's, it's Daniel chapter 7, verse 1 and 2, the nations of the earth, that sea of humanity is being stirred up with social and political agitations. And anything could happen anywhere at any time. And that's that's really just my opinion. I and I, I kind of just settle it right there. That's Do you see answer. us? Go ahead, Joseph. No, I was just saying that's a pretty safe answer. I I think that covers it. Is that okay, Joseph? I mean, um, it could, because on my part, it would be speculation. I, I yeah, I, uh, I got an email, guys, from a good friend over in Israel. Um, a good brother, and uh, he's got some contacts in military intelligence there, and he said one of his uh, friends is embedded pretty deep over there. He said uh, he just got called up and for a deep, for a briefing. Uh, something's getting ready to happen over there. I hear that uh, Syria has been putting Scud missiles in the Lebanon. Israel knows this. They're having to videotape them and put it up on national TV to say, hey, we're, we're, we're watching what you're doing. And the first one that gets fired, uh, you know, we're going to take you out serious. So they've been put on notice. But, uh, you know, nobody's stopping the buildup of arms over there. So it's just a powder keg waiting to, to blow. And, I mean, it could happen uh, at any moment. Um, have you all heard about a, um, a movement of some of the American uh, naval fleet towards Costa Rica? 
someone told me about that today. Have you heard anything on that, Brother Xavier? No, I have not. But I would like to comment on what you just said. You see, we're talking about a world that is mobilizing down into uh, Costa Rica, uh, Cuba, the dictator of Cuba. That's an, uh, another uh, news report tonight that uh, Fidel Castro is going to be standing before the, the microphone and the limelight one more time at the age of 83, and he is going to be talking about the nuclear destruction about to hit the United States, the nuclear war that's going to erupt. That's his, going to be one of his final messages concerning this, and that's going to happen probably within the next 48 hours or so. But what I, when I look at this, when I look at the world and I hear the reports and I see it, I want to line it up with the Word of God. And so we go back to Matthew chapter 24, we're looking in verses 4 to 8, and we're here of wars and rumors of wars. And what does Jesus say? That this is the beginning of sorrow. What the people of this planet, let alone the church, need to know is that we have all entered in to the biblical prophetic word of God to a time called the beginning of sorrows, we have all entered in. The door is shut. It has disappeared. No one on this planet is outside of what God has brought the nations into in His sovereignty. We are in the beginning of sorrows. And as we move progressively, and we see that Matthew 24 begins to line up with Revelation chapter 6, with the loosening of the seals, where the prophecy really begins, and we move through that prophetic time, we're going to see even the fish are involved with this, the birds of the air. Every single living thing has been incorporated into God's last word, His prophecy. And so when I hear the roars and the rumors of wars and the mobilizations, I'm looking as a Christian man, and I, I'm looking at this going, wow, there's the beginning of sorrows. But then Matthew chapter 24, verse 9, the very first word says, Then shall they kill you and persecute you. So all these signs are telling me that we're very close to that transition from all these worldly things of famine and pestilence and wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes. And these are all signs that the global persecution against the seed, the remnant of the seed, which is Revelation 13, which is the most horrific thing that's going to happen on this earth for three and a half to seven years. And I just keep looking at it, go, my God, we, I see it, Father, you wrote it, here it is. We need to prepare. So much for um, what's being uh, told on TV to the, the sheep out there that we're going to get out of here before any suffering. I mean, that right there says uh, they're going to do every up to the death. That's, that's... Um, and so, I mean, you know, what is the great falling away? I believe it's a lukewarm Christian church that have bought into a lie. As you mentioned earlier, you know, the, uh, the, the men of God that uh, should be preaching the truth and standing on the wall as watchmen have actually went over to take a nap. Some of them have left the walls and went down to uh, eat and play. Others have actually been... Uh, bought off, and now I would call them pulpit pimps. Uh, <laughs> and uh, nobody is guarding the wall, brother, with the exception of a few ministries like yourself that are raising the alarm and saying, you know, wake up. Uh, God's judgment is pouring out on this nation. Uh, it's time to repent. You know, brother, um, I don't believe this nation can be saved. I don't believe we can say, God bless America and, you know, and and uh, turn it back. I believe the nation is going down, but I do believe individuals and families can be saved. And, uh, you know, what you're doing over there with the Arkansas Project, you know, there's a biblical precedent for that, folks. Uh, you know, Noah built an ark for the saving of his family. 
Only eight were saved in that time. The rest, they laughed at him until the floods came. Look at Joseph. Joseph was given a warning. God put him as second command in Egypt. And uh, what did he do? He started to uh, store, I believe it was wheat or corn, during the seven years of plenty, for the seven years of famine. Had he not done that, people, uh, his brothers, the the other 11 uh, tribes, they would have died. So, you know, it, it takes obedient men seeing the warning of God, taking it seriously, warning others, but then not stopping there. Brother, you don't have it just out of the arm. You all have actually went into action, and uh, you're building an ark known as the Arkansas Project. We did, and we've uh, learned a lot about it. And uh, we're learning as we go. And, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, my heart just is, um, you know, just wanting to rest on this right now, talking with Zoe and talking with you, Shannon. I want to just say to you, you men, that... You know, God bless you for having faith in what we're doing. We, we have stumbled along the way. We've made some mistakes, but God is really doing a great work. He's cleaning our hearts up uh, for the times that we're living in. And the work we are doing is a very real work. It is a true work. I have absolutely no desire left inside of me to contend with anybody about the pre-trib doctrine. I just want to preach it so people will study and find out for themselves so that they're not really deceived by that doctrine. I, I'm not even concerned anymore in, in, a, in a godly way about people that mock or scoff at what we're doing. We are just having our heads like flint right now. We are out, we are mowing our grass, we are planting our gardens, we are thinking about how to get down to the water 1,100 feet beneath our feet, the Alaskan River that flows under this property. We're thinking about getting more land, we're thinking about getting more freeze-dried food, how to get more canned food, how to get more water supply, how to get generators and batteries and blankets and every single thing that we will need, solar panel if we dig a well and have, have to draw the water up or have the natural water supply on the 59 acres. That's even better with a well. We're just living right now, and if something were to happen tonight, my family is here. The people that came from California are here, and I am locked in a community of like-minded people all over the northwest region of Arkansas. I have found the family of God that I've been looking for my whole life, I fit here. I am here, and these people are mature, and we, they, there is just a beautiful move of the Spirit of God. And, you know, the Lord maybe just did this all for his son, Vincent. I don't know. But I have found wonderful saints of God that are preparing. They are laboring. They are working. They are serious about their walk. They are doing. And I, I just know that this region will be a safe place. You know, people talk about the New Madrid fault line, and every single map I've looked at, you know, this northwest pocket, this little region right here, is right beyond the last circle. I, I know that God has brought this place. It's teeming with wildlife. It is teeming. It is overflowing. It, the rain, the place is just as green as could be. I mean, it, it is just a place where you have like-minded people, the spirit of the living God, it's not about church. It's about knowing the kingdom of God is coming to be established on this earth, but we're going to have to go through something to get into it. And so it's just people getting ready and basically living, smiling, enjoying the journey as they go, no longer running and do I have to sell my house in the, in the major city? Do I need to get out of the pot? 
we have arrived in a place. And the people that are moving out here, there is a family moving out this week, should be here tonight or tomorrow, uh, from Alabama. And there are people coming from all over the country to this region. And it's like a welcoming center when you get here. It's just like, hey, welcome home. And I cannot explain the, the beauty of that spirit, but it has its challenges. There are groups here that are, you know, they, every, every group's got, you know, every place has its demons that have to be worked out. But I see the power of God moving in the people. And I see that God has chosen this place for these last days as one of those places for God's people to be. And so I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad that I have a job to do. That God said, Vincent, this is what I want you to do after 18 years. I want you to build this ark. I want you to do this. And it's teaching me. It's doing something in me. And it's a good work. It's not being done in fear. And, you know, it's just good. And, and, and I think the hardest part of this whole thing, the hardest part, you know, and, I, and I'm sorry for seeming like I'm boasting in this, but I just want to bring some understanding. Patricia and I, in 18 years, never took a salary as pastors. We never took a salary. We never advertised our church. We never, ever, ever did any of that because we were just, that's not what we wanted to do and that's not where we were. But God had always provided for us. The hardest thing in building this ark is getting the Christian community to really understand and rally together and realize this is not for the benefit of any one individual, but for the glory of Jesus Christ, and getting that spirit of First Chronicles 29 and that, that Revelation chapter 3, 7, that Philadelphian spirit, where the body of Christ will come together and say, here, here's my skill, here's my engineering prowess, here's how I know how to build an effective garden, here's how I know how to build an underground shelter, here's where I know how to lay concrete, here's where I know how to build a storage place for more freeze-dried food. Hey, here's the freeze-dried food. Here's some money to go and buy these things that you need. And if everybody would just move in that beautiful symphony of that Philadelphian church with that First Chronicles chapter 29 spirit, we would begin to see actual cities develop, places where God's people could come in and rest and live and be prepared to go through the times. And I, I just... You know, that's a, a precious thing to my heart, and it's been a beautiful work, and I praise God for it. Praise God. Um, brother, there may be people listening right now or that will tune in on the archive, and uh, they say, Brother uh, Vincent, I believe in what you're doing. Uh, the Lord has blessed me. I have a surplus. I would like to get behind and support the Arkansas Project. Uh, how can they get in touch with you and, and uh, contribute and help? Well, I think if anybody is really willing to do that, just call me. And my phone number is 858-864-8712, and I'd like to talk to that person directly. Or they could email me. And the email address is Xavier480, which is X as an X-ray, A-V-I-E-R, the number is 480 at verizon.net, V-E-R-I-Z-O-N.net, or Xavier480 at TDS.net. Thomas David Samuel TDS.net. That would be the best way. Now, brother, you saw the Lord showed you that as uh, destruction hits major cities, there are going to be people walking out of the, the ruins, you know, staggering out um, with nowhere to go. And uh, do you have a plan actually to get some uh, big rigs and actually go out and meet them and, and take food to the site and Bibles and things like that also? Originally, part of my what my understanding when I first began this journey was to build a disaster relief center, and I had to learn things along the way. And 
at this moment, I don't see that happening. What I see right now is preparing places, preparing land and getting them stocked. And, you know, even though the, the government of the United States has done this, by the way, just in case anybody doesn't know that, the government of the United States, Washington, D.C., has another facility to operate the government in the event of a nuclear detonation in Washington, D.C. That is very clear, very real. They have stocked underground bunkers in this nation and abroad. So for the people of this nation not to take the same necessary precautions and preparations, to me, is not a wise thing. Because if you think that the government is going to help you in those days when they're running and fleeing to their underground bunkers, it may be a, a, a real eye-opening experience. What you want to do is you, if you're hearing this message, you're ordained to hear this message. You're, you're hearing this message, and I, I needed to say this also, if I may. Just quickly, take away all the lines. Everything that is happening right now, it's not about being American or anti-American, uh, anti-government, pro-government of America. Forget about being an American. It is time to have a kingdom citizenship. It is time for God's people to recognize that this walk is way beyond being some nationality. We are God's children in this earth. We are belonging to the kingdom of God. And our prayer that we were told to pray was, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not about America. All sovereign nations, independent nations, are going to be destroyed. They are going to collapse. Then we'll see the rise of that one world government for its period of time. But ultimately, the... the millennial reign of Jesus Christ will come. So, as kingdom people, we just need to know that all over the world there's going to be great tribulation. We could prepare for it now. We could find those land masses. We could find the natural resources that we need. We could, as, and, and I have this constant vision that goes through my mind, and, I, and it's been there for a long time. I see a man who's a husband with his wife and his daughter, and I see these three, they're walking, holding hands, and they're fleeing the cities. And they are dirty, and their clothes are ripped, and they're afraid, and they're just wandering. And I know that America, a land of refugees, we are going to see this, because we saw it in Katrina. We are going to see this scenario repeated, and we're going to see it again and again. My hope, my prayer to God, is that whoever that family is, that maybe by the Spirit of God, if they find their way up into these properties and these places, they will meet with the elect of God who know how to pray, who know how to get through these times and are able to live moment to moment but have provision and can be taken care of and secure. And then if they need to get on their way, get on their way. If some people are going to stay, they'll stay. If people need to just be provided for and move on, move on. But we need to be that provisionary. We need to be that place uh, for God's people. Joseph? Yes, that's an awesome word. Um, actually, but if you didn't know this, Vincent, but uh, David Eels touched by the Spirit of God the same word just before on the show before. So you are you are right on, brother, and uh, that's the word of the Lord. And uh, I just want to comment: um, your wife is awesome. That word that she gives the the Bill of Rights and about deliverance. Shannon, I don't know if you listen, but she has an awesome word of deliverance for the believer. And I encourage you, Vincent, to have her on the show. Let her 
let her speak more. I know you do, but I mean, I really love to hear her uh, minister because it really uh, it's changed my life to sit wow. in here at night listening to her bless the body. So you got an awesome wife there. Uh, just want to let you know that, and uh, I really uh, appreciate your ministry. Well, I thank you for that, and she is she is she is the one that brought salvation to me through Christ, and she's going to be there. So you guys now have to come. Uh. Come undercover, you know, but wear a little red rose, you know, a little, you know, Groucho Marx something, and we'll see you when you get there. And you could say your name is so-and-so, and, we, you know, well, a spy's like us. Yeah. Vincent, uh, speaking of uh, your ministry there, tell us about the radio program you're doing and give us some details on what's going on over there. I heard yeah. that you have a 24-hour network. Is that true? We do. Uh, we're broadcasting right now to 57 nations around the world. We have 57 nations that are tuning in to newwineradio.net, and we broadcast 24-7. In fact, what you're doing tonight with David Eels, I want to go to that MP3. I want to download it. I'll put that on the radio station. It will circulate. Praise God. 57 nations. What we're doing tonight, if it's an MP3, and we just have David Wilkerson, Michael Bodea, Benjamin Baruch, and on down the list of voices that are relevant to the times that we're in, and great teachers, uh, elderly men of God that are just teaching on the resurrection, and uh, there's a balance, and there's, a, there's just a good interaction. And so newwineradio.net, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then I personally do a live radio broadcast every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. here in uh, Central Standard Time. And then Sundays I normally have a, a, a guest from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. So we're working hard, and on top of that, my wife Patricia teaches every Tuesday at, uh, at the building we meet in on, out of her book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. We still have a congregation. You know, we didn't come here to build a church, but one has grown around us that we're serving in, and we love, praise God for it. And uh, we just came away from a conference where there were 130 people showed up, and it was awesome and met lots of new people. And uh, just... There's just a lot to do every single day, and life is now full, and um, it's just a good moment, and to have friends like you guys out there, uh, like-minded brothers, I I can't tell you what it means to me. It means just a lot, and um, just praise God. Praise God. Uh, Joseph? Amen. I'm just excited, man, for the whole thing. To me, I've never seen anyone do anything like this, and... uh, you know, I'm destined to come by. There's no doubt about it. I'm hoping to make it this week. Me and Shannon will talk about it. And Shannon, too, you might want to talk to Vincent about some technical uh, questions you had about the radio. I think he'd be a good guy to talk to about about it, too. That'd be awesome. Um, Vincent, give out the uh, the two websites again, uh, the ministry and also the radio site for people that uh, are listening and want to tune in. Okay. For the radio station, it's simply New Wine Radio. Dot net. It's newwineradio.net. And there we have about 300 archives on there. If people want to look at the archives, they exist. And then if you go to our website, which is New Wine Ministry, N-E-W-W-I-N-E-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y.net, newwineministry.net, the radio broadcast will play automatically on the homepage. But if you go through the site, you'll find uh, out what we're doing and uh, it's pretty simple, but uh, it's direct and it's up to date with what we're doing right now. 
Now, when you broadcast, uh, do you open up the lines, too, for people that uh, want to call in and ask questions? Yes, I have a telephone line, and um, I do open it up, and sometimes we get some calls coming in, and sometimes we don't, but I always get emails, people saying, don't be discouraged, we're listening. Okay, so now when you do the program that, that is live, uh, they can go to the website and click live. Now, that's if they have an Internet connection. Do you also uh, broadcast over any kind of shortwave or satellite radio? No, I have strictly been with a friend of mine out of Texas. Uh, he has uh, started a company called Streaming for Jesus, and he and I put this together in September 2008, and we've been broadcasting ever since. And it's just, and uh, just a home office. That is fantastic. So literally, um, a person could tune in 24 hours a day, depending on where they're at in the, in the world, and uh, get some good Christian uh, programming that uh, <laughs> will prepare people to go through what's coming. That is correct. Praise God. Um, well, we're, we're excited, and we want to uh, just say it was a, it's a pleasure and honor uh, to know you, um, to have you on the program. And uh, people, uh, if you are tuning in, you're listening to Omega Man Radio. We have Pastor Vincent Xavier on the line. Uh, if you did not catch this live um, from the beginning, you can uh, tune into the MP3. They'll be up on the archives. And uh, I would uh, encourage you to support New Wine Ministry. Go over and uh, start listening to Pastor Vincent's broadcast if you're not already doing so. Brother, now, again, uh, you're going to be having a 2010 prophetic conference this weekend. Give the uh, listeners details if they're just tuning in. Okay. Uh, July 16th, 17th, and 18th, this coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Roaring River Inn and Conference Center in Cassville, Missouri. Uh, we're going to have uh, our guest speaker is Greg Evanson, and we're having Rosemary Levine, myself, my beloved wife Patricia, uh, Luke Lucas, and uh, uh, several other voices that God is just going to bring and I believe it's going to be a clarion call. It's a raw prophetic conference, meaning that there's no candy coating, no uh, entertainment. We're, we're just there to fellowship, meet like-minded people, get the raw data out, and to be strengthened. There will be a time of ministry. There will be worship. There will be praise. There will be time to just sit down and dine together and fellowship, break bread. And in the interim, people can go fishing. They could go hiking. They could go swimming. They could do tons of other stuff and uh, just have a great two, three-day weekend. Afterwards, we're going to go on a tour, look at the 59 acres, which, by the way, is on our website at newwineministry.net under the Arkansas Project. Those 59 acres are there with uh, pictures and writing. And um, after that, we're coming back to the 10 acres for a barbecue to say goodbye to everybody. We want to prepare a nice dinner and send everybody off well. People, I, I would encourage you to go out there. You know, with all that we've been talking about, you still got to have some joy. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no... Amen. Uh, strength to push forward, and you know, um, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, and that's not what we're trying to do tonight. Is put a spirit of fear on anybody. We're trying to do our obligation as watchmen and uh, put the facts out to you, uh, raise the warning, and tell you that uh, there is still some time to take action. Uh, first of all, we need to prepare ourselves spiritually, repent, uh, and then ask God what He'd have us to do, and then uh, start taking some action. You know, because when the time to act comes, the time to prepare is over with. And the friends of, in the in the words of my friend Steve Quell, so um, Pastor Vincent Xavier is one of these men. Uh, he is a watchman on the wall. He has given a true word, and uh, I hope that um, you'll have learned something tonight. And uh, brother, would you uh, close the program uh, and pray for those that will be listening live or in the archive oh, that I the Lord would give them some direction? 
I certainly will. And I also want to just, uh, Father, thank you for Blog Talk Radio. I see that you're raising up a ministry, and I thank you that you're raising it up with strength. And I thank you that you keep that ministry pure, that you keep it out of uh, any unnecessary trouble. And I pray that you would give uh, Shannon Omega Man great wisdom uh, as he conducts his business, Father, which is your business. He's about your business, his father's business. And I ask that you bless his ministry and that you send it around the world and that people will uh, communicate with this ministry, Blog Talk Radio. They will hear the balanced truth and it will be up to date and on time and 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 a right word spoken. And I thank you, Lord, for keeping uh, Shannon's heart pure and clean all the way through and all of our hearts that are doing these ministries that, Father, we will stand and we will remain faithful doing what you require uh, every day. We thank you for the lives that you've given us. We're thankful that we're on radio. We're thankful that we're broadcasting. We are thankful for everything that you're doing in our lives. And, Father, bless the people that are hungering, the people that are listening, the people that are tuning in. Uh, Let every single ear, whether it be friend, enemy, foe, whoever is tuning in, Lord, let them know that they're hearing the truth, the truth of God's Word, a Word that this world would love to bury and kill and put away. If Jesus were here speaking that Word, Father, they'd want to arrest Him and put Him in a prison. But those who are speaking His words are going to be confronted, so I ask for your divine protection. And those that have ears to hear, I pray that they would go out with joy, be led forth with peace, but they would go and get their lives prepared. They would go about your business and that you would speak to them in their dreams and their visions and confirm your word with with, uh, two or three witnesses, Father God, to... Let the people just begin to mull over and think through and and, and chew on and and discern and to judge what they're hearing tonight, what they're hearing everywhere, what is true, what is factual, and from what is fantasy and what is not true. In the name of Jesus, help us, Father God, and even tonight confirm uh, everything that was spoken in Jesus' name to, again, awaken your people. Lord, I ask that you would blow a trumpet, that you would do something in the United States of America to show this nation again, because the Gulf oil spill is not enough for this nation, Lord. I ask that you would, again, uh, uh, grant that opportunity for that next blast to awaken people to the reality that they have heard the truth, that this nation is collapsing. I pray for their safety. I pray that they would go out in the fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, amen. Uh, Brother, it was a uh, privilege to have you on. You're welcome back on the show anytime, and uh, God bless you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, and thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. We'll uh, have you on again soon. Thank you, brother. Look forward to seeing you you soon. God bless you, Vincent. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Omega Man Radio. This is a live show. I'm your host. My name is Shannon Davis. We usually do a 8 to 10 p.m. broadcast, Monday through Friday, but uh, as God opens the door and we have the opportunity to bring on other guests, uh, we will do uh, additional programs. So tonight was a double feature. Um, praise God for Pastor Vincent Xavier. Uh, he was our guest on tonight. His ministry is New Wine Ministry. Net. Also, you can listen to his radio program daily, newwineradio.net. And uh, if you're going to be in the area or would like to go, go to his website, newwineministry.net, and check out the 2010 prophetic conference that he'll be holding this weekend. Now, I want to make a couple of announcements. Um, 
we're going to be having another double feature uh, this week. It will be July 15th. Let me look at my calendar. That's going to be this Thursday. We're going to have special guest, Pastor Dennis Williams. He's associate pastor of Miracle Internet Church, and he'll be speaking on being delivered from generational curses. Also, I've asked him to do a mini mass deliverance. It's going to be an exciting show. Um, it's time for the captives to get set free. His website is castingoutdemons.org. So you know that the Omega Man loves the deliverance ministry. You know, Jesus said that signs that shall follow them that believe is that they will cast out demons in my name. They shall speak in new tongues, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That is every believer's authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. He's talking about demonic spirits. Folks, that is who we're going to be doing war with, warfare with in these last days. Don't you know that uh, Satan knows his time is short? And if he does, believe me, he's going to be unleashing the host of hell to try to take you and I down. Okay, and cause us to lose the patience and the faith of the saints that we're going to need to endure till the end. The attack of the enemy is real. But Jesus has also uh, given us some very real power. Greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. And over in Ephesians 6, we've got the full armor. We've got to put on every day, folks. I've been learning to get up in the morning. I say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I put on the full armor of God. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel. I pick up the shield of faith. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on the helmet of my salvation. And I pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, that I may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And I'll say, I apply the blood of Jesus to me. Apply the blood of Jesus to my family. And I'll call them out by name. And I'll say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would loose warrior angels to go out and stand guard over my family members, wherever they may be, over my property, and to surround us and protect us. You know, you can call down and ask God in Jesus' name um, to loose his warrior angels. That is every believer's privilege. You know, that is the keys to the kingdom. And we're going to be talking about in future broadcasts, you know, what Jesus said, I give you the power to bind and loose, the keys of the kingdom. Now, you do it in Jesus Christ's name. We do not control angels. Uh, God does, but uh, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So you put your request before the Father God in Jesus' name. It goes up to heaven. He, he rubber stamps it approved, and he sends his angels out, his messenger angels, his warrior angels. You know, Psalms 91. So um, we be live beneath our privileges, folks. We've got to understand who we're doing warfare with. It's Satan. You know, if you were to study the New World Order long enough, you go up the chain of command, you go past the CFR, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderbergers, the Bohemian Grove, the Club of Rome, the Illuminati, the, the, the Masons, and on and on it goes, okay? All these are just pieces of the puzzle. You find at the very top of the command and control structure, Satan himself, the fallen super angel, okay, that was kicked out of heaven, with one-third of the angels that uh, decided to rebel against God. Okay, now, they know that ultimately they're going to be judged and going to be cast into the lake of fire. But they also know that uh, for a time of the season, they're going to be allowed to go out there and try to take as many people with them as they can. And uh, so the attacks of the enemy are real. They will try to attack you. But again, we have to put on the full armor of God. Understand that uh, who we're fighting, okay, and that the weapons of our warfare are not in the flesh. Okay, but they're spiritual weapons, okay? And we have to uh, 
remember that deliverance is the children's bread. And it has been given to us that believe to do self-deliverance, to go out and uh, deliver others, to pluck them out of the fire. And, uh, you know, well, you know, deliverance isn't for today. You know, that's what a lot of people would have you, you, you say. You know, their emphasis is on a lopsided gospel, evangelism only. Evangelism, folks, is just one part of the gospel of Jesus. The other part is deliverance. The other is healing. You know, the other thing is kind of roll up in there. But, uh, you know, that's what's going on. There's a lopsided gospel being preached. And uh, people say, well, deliverance, you know, um, that's kind of lopsided. That's all you talk about. Listen, folks, if the pastors out there were doing their job, I wouldn't need to talk about it so much. And others. The fact is, uh, that is the full gospel message. Evangelism, deliverance from demons, laying hands on the sick. And uh, I believe that if we will uh, get busy, get into the Word of God, and start doing what Jesus has called us to do, you know, the captives will be set free. So um, I'll uh, close with that note. I want to uh, thank you for your support of Omega Man Radio, for the encouragement. You know, this was five years in the making. I want to thank Rick Wiles for turning me on to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I want to thank others uh, that have uh, made the guests possible. I want to thank uh, Zoe Mortal, Joseph White, for coming on the show and for putting me in touch with a number of guests. Uh, Zoe has promised to come on the program uh, in a few days and share his uh, testimony. This is a gripping testimony, folks. You're going to just stay uh, on the edge of the seat as you listen to this. It is powerful. And I want to thank uh, Peter Coolen for bringing on David Ells. Uh, we had David Ells on tonight from Unleavened Bread Ministries. Must hear show. It's in the archives. Praise God for David L. You know, he's not an alarmist. The Lord showed him many years in advance what's coming. I believe it's honest, folks. And he has warned people, and now he's out of uh, Florida. Pray about it if uh, you're in the Gulf Coast area right now. You know, where you're willing to obey, God will make a way. You know, God is obligated to help you carry out whatever he's called you to do if you're willing to obey. And uh, so I want to thank David L. David Ells, check out his website, Unleavened Bread Ministries. Okay, it's up in the show notes. And, uh, again, Peter Kuhlman from Sweden for making that available. Praise God for Peter. We're going to have him back, check out some of the shows I've been doing with him. Such an articulate guy. Uh, he has sacrificed his time and resources to put the warning out. Hope to see him again soon on the program. Uh, we're going to have uh, Brother Dennis, as I mentioned, and then the second part of the uh, Tonight, we're going to have William Lau of the Elijah Challenge. He's going to be coming on and doing a Elijah Challenge training. Man, are you going to love this. So you say, hey, Omega Man, you know, I, I understand. I need to get involved, uh, but I need some training. Well, tune in, because uh, we're going to be having William Lau doing an Elijah Challenge training. Uh, it's going to be awesome. He's going to show you how to actually get started. That will be set, uh, July 15th at 10.30 p.m. So Dennis Williams from 8 to 10, and I'm going to take a 30-minute break to fuel back up on coffee, and then we're going to go right to the phones with William Lyle of the Elijah Challenge, 10.30 p.m. Again, that's going to be Thursday, July 15th. I have several other guests planned. Um, I'm hoping to have a number of people out. I've got uh, invitations out to a number of them, and uh, so they're coming in, and as they are, 
the um, the slots are filling up. I also want to thank uh, Pastor Mike Thierer of Hegowitz Church uh, for allowing me to put up a program called Can a Christian Have a Demon? Uh, it's in the archives right now from Brother Wynn Worley, probably the greatest deliverance pioneer of all time. And uh, check out that uh, for those of you that uh, <laughs> think a Christian can't have a demon. Think twice, okay? At any rate, uh, I guess I will uh, close with a special music request. This goes out to Melody Vernova. Uh, she has asked uh, that I play that tune again. Uh, I want to know. God bless you till I see you again. Tune in to Omega Man Radio. Tell a friend.